0: Good evening, Patriots, and it's Sunday, November 27th in the year 2022. We're going to talk about a few things tonight. Chilling, had a great day up at the property. Want to share a little bit of that with you, put some stuff in perspective as we kick off a week. And remembering that the most important part of this fight are the children and the coming generations. Before we begin, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. And there's no better place to get a good night's sleep. Than when you have a bed that's completely decked out with the best My Pillow sheets, even a My Pillow mattress is awesome, and you want a My Pillow comforter, My Pillow pillows, all of these things are so cool, and you can get all those things at MyPillow.com forward slash Bards promo code Bards, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards promo code Bards. Anywhere on the My Pillow site, you can use your Bards code B-A-R-D-S. You can also use it anywhere on the My Store site, and just so I. Don't forget to tell you the my coffee is awesome. I just had some again today. Espresso, latte, breve, quad shot, the whole thing. Yep, it's good. So check it out, mypillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. You're going to get some great products. This is a great time to buy stuff for Christmas. Great time to buy those pillows and sheets, and they have great sales that are going on right now as we come out of Plague Friday and going into plague monday you know i i tell you this whole sale thing drives me crazy anyway bards mypillow.com forward slash bards promo code bards so this this sale thing drives me crazy because it's absolutely just centered at the worst of the worst of pure materialism raw materialism get everybody hyped up to buy crap you don't need it's just ugh so um we need to really, I want to play this piece on Balenciaga. I know it's heavy. We're not going to get in real heavy tonight, but I do want you to hear this piece on Balenciaga. They are such a dirtbag company, but if this guy presents a really good perspective, I want you to hear, pay attention to it when it comes to marketing because this is really, the war on your children's minds is totally focused through marketing. That's how they get everybody. Is through marketing. Everything in marketing is reinforcing a message that then they reinforce in the other institutions. But marketing is the fastest way to the children's minds. There's a reason that YouTube had a flippin' meltdown when under President Trump they banned marketing to children. They put heavy restrictions on it because and then what was really disgusting is how many accounts started whining like, oh, I'm not making my money anymore because they took away my advertising for kids. It's like you shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. But there was, I mean, it was creepy, Bill. I don't know how much you looked into that. I did, and I just could not believe the number of accounts that had built their whole marketing platform, their whole creative platform around pitching stuff to kids, so that the marketing that YouTube would then, YouTube then takes those those metrics and then they target focus ads, you don't even get a choice in that as a, as a content creator, YouTube just decides what ads are going to pitch at kids. And then you get a kickback off of that. If you're a content creator on YouTube and all you do is just say, yeah, here you go. Have my demographics. And so accounts that were dedicated to children were just profiting like crazy, making huge dime off of get making content, quote unquote, for kids so that YouTube could pitch garbage to kids. That's all, that's just targeted brainwashing, is all that is. And it's really sick, in my opinion. Take a listen to this perspective on Balenciaga.
1: Balenciaga filed a $25 million lawsuit against the agency that did their recent campaign. This campaign featured children posing with teddy bear bags that were dressed in BDSM gear. And there was even a set that was staged with legal documents that pertain to child Balenciaga is suing this agency for using unapproved items. Society is always being indoctrinated with full grown adults that don't even realize that they're part of it. So our children have very little chance and they should be protected. I could say a lot more based on what I know but The safety of my family is important to me. So I'll focus on the business side of things. This is hard to understand from an operations point of view, because whenever we work with agencies, there's always multiple rounds of approvals before anything gets published. I understand small details can sometimes be missed, but Everything about this campaign seems well thought out. These bondage teddy bear bags were part of their recent collection. Posing children with sexualized items is clearly shock value marketing. Even their 2023 runway had a very unconventional vibe. When marketing pushes boundaries, it always results in a lot of brand awareness. But as consumers, we should always think about what these boundaries mean to us personally. And children should always be off limits. Yep, always off limits. That was from
0: Life of Saul on TikTok. Life of Saul. Good piece, good perspective. You know, I went into this pretty heavily on Friday night, so if you didn't if you didn't listen to Friday night's Fishers, do please, because we got into the timelines, what it takes to actually make a shoot like that, the responsibility and accountability of all of that. It's very real and it's very much what's what we're dealing with here is this constantly def- constant deflection of accountability. That's how they do this. And what they're trying to do when you, hear about, when you hear the term shock value of marketing, what you're actually hearing is they're trying to push the bar. So once they hit you with the shock value, this is what they know because this is a true sense. We get shocked the first time and they know people won't say much. They'll just say, okay, I'm going to ignore it. But what they've done now is they've pivoted past your shock value. So the next time they do it, you're going to be like, Oh, I already saw that before. And so they can up the game a bit. All of this is about moving the bar to the most extreme to ultimately mainstream the idea of sex with children. That's what they're trying to do. And the fashion industry is the cutting edge of influence coming at them. Okay. So there's another perspective here. This is, we had, um, we, we did have Luke on, so this is one of Luke's piece that we had him on a few weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago. He's going to come back on, but I want you to hear this because this is a really good piece of what they're doing to the education of children. So take a listen. <music>
2: In 1968, researchers were hired by NASA to try to figure out why some people are creative geniuses, most people aren't creative geniuses, and how they could create more creative geniuses. Their report discovered something so concerning that this information was basically purged out of our history books. What did they find? That 98% of all 5-year-old children are creative geniuses. 98%. And that every subsequent year, the creative genius disintegrated. So what happens between the ages of 5 and 25 that could possibly account for this? Age five is when state compulsory education begins, where children are forced to acritically consume the information coming from the authority. And the more accurately you memorize and regurgitate the official narrative, the better grades you get. The better grades you get, the more success you have. Literally programs the creative genius out of us. And what's going on societally that looks like problems for us isn't a problem for the people at the top of the pyramid, which is why they don't want you to be able to solve problems, because they are the problem.
0: So this is really important because we need to start framing how much we have been suffering through, living through the attack on children. And they're continuing and only they're ramping it up even more. You need to ask this question, why? Okay, because ultimately when you're dealing with people that are obsessed with power and they're obsessed with money and they're obsessed with control, ask yourself very clearly, Why they would spend billions, if not trillions, to keep people in the dark about who they are. And I think that answer should be evident to everybody. The answer that should jump out at you is because we're greater than we have any idea. We are literally, at this moment, as a society, we have been lulled to sleep and we have no idea really who we are. And that's the sad part about this. We're repressed as mankind. And we need to start waking up. And that's going to require that we unplug from the matrix and start thinking way beyond it and allowing the power of God to work through us. And that means we have to take risks. We have to start working through the body of Christ and everything and not holding and not letting anybody influence us. I want to play this piece from ye, uh, aka Kanye. I don't. I can't tell you. I'm not a Kanye fan. I'm going to be honest with you, any more than I'm an Elon Musk fan. Though I will say a couple of things. Elon is like the. I've never seen somebody that trolls the left so well as Elon, and I'm. So he gives me humor each day, and I'll just leave it at that. Do I think that he's going to? He's sincere about everything he's doing. I don't. I think Elon's got a darker motive that we'll get into tomorrow night, but I'm not going to get into it tonight. Kanye is kind of the same way, except this. Kanye's speaking Jesus, and whether you agree with him, don't agree with him, he's putting Jesus into the dialogue of the nation, and I'm, it's refreshing to hear. So I want you to hear this piece of Kanye's meeting with President Trump. Take a listen.
1: I think the thing that Trump was most perturbed about, me asking him to be my vice president, I think that was like lower on the list of things that caught him off guard. He goes into the story about all that he went through to get Alice Johnson out of jail and how he didn't do it for Kim, but he did it for me. But then he goes on to say that Kim is a <laughs> and you can tell her I said that. And I was thinking like, that's the mother of my children. Since we know, and all the Christians in America that love Trump know that Trump is a conservative, we're going to demand that you hold all policies directly to the Bible. When Trump started basically screaming at me at the table, telling me I was going to lose. Well, well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Trump, you're talking to Yay.
0: There you go, right there. I mean, this is, this is one of these really interesting dynamics that has occurred here. And I'm going to tell you what I, how I see this. The way the people, and I'm putting this as a broad swash, the American people that have followed MAGA and America first to a large degree just put their loyalty again. It's the idolatry of worshiping a man. And I've, I said this, I've said this many times and I, when I, before I started my trip, um, which was ended up lasting about two months on the road, one thing I said in the list of five things that I was caring to pray upon that God had put on my heart was one, that we, were going to, we needed to pray for President Trump to be a repenting president in Christ. The important part is that God doesn't play politics. And God doesn't have, isn't going to hold loyalty to a person who doesn't give, doesn't submit to him. I said this, this last week the, last week in the Trump speech, and it was something that uh, Pastor Brad Cummings and I share, is that what we witnessed was a speech where President Trump has lost his anointing. It's very interesting to watch the, this whole chessboard unfold as you have Yee saying that he's going to run for president, asking President Trump to uh, be his vice president. I mean, that's bold, right? But he's also speaking Jesus, and he's he's speaking what you've heard here, but what we haven't heard influencers of his level speak, which is we need to hold everybody to account in terms of who's walking with Jesus. I completely agree. You have DeSantis. Ron DeSantis comes out in the last few days stating that the mRNA was a lie. The mRNA vaccinations were a lie that people that took the vax are going to get sick. So that's now checked Another angle that President Trump has stated that the vaccines are good so and pushed us to take them. We know that's garbage. My point is this, is that the objective when we look at this from kind of eyes of God, and I'm not proclaiming to have eyes of God, but if you want to take a step back and give yourself some sort of glimpse into that, it's very simple, that God is not going to hold loyalty to a man. He's holding loyalty to his children. He's trying to awaken and bring home. So all things are on the table, and we're in a very fluid time. So if you're anchored on one politician versus the other politician, you've been deceived. You need to follow Jesus in this whole thing, and that ultimately leads us back to a very important principle, which is that we need to put the children first. And I, and I can't state that enough of how important it is to put the children put the children first. So I want to tell you a little story today. This is a it was a humbling story and it's a story of of really what this entire fight is about. I've talked a lot about the property that we have and I've talked a lot about the cattle. We've happened to have a couple recent births of of baby cows, and they're looking really good. One of them, which, by the way, is, um, I, I'm convinced that the, <laughs> I'm just going to say this because I'm laughing. Apparently the the Jews are on, are going all through um, Texas right now looking for the red heifer. Whatever. Okay, well, we've got one. Don't come finding it because it's off limits, and if you come on the property, I don't care who you are, you're not going to touch it. It's beautiful. It's a cute little, little thing. But anyway, (laughs) just saying, just saying, just to kind of put a little skew in that trail of Sherlock Holmes looking for the red Heva. But anyway, so don't come on the property without being invited. She's protected. But anyway, come moving right along. So anyway, the, um today I had some friends up and beautiful couple two young children little girl of about three years old little boy of about one he's like the biggest dynamo on on as a crawling dynamo I've seen he, he crossed that house in about half about half the time that it takes me to walk it he went on in all fours and bolted across the floor he's like a jet rocket on his all force. But the little girl is adorable and she's just a ball of energy. Now the driveway is about a half a mile long. and <laughs> She literally sprinted this thing all the way down the hill to the point that the dad had to like, we were walking and she's running ahead. We're like, man, look at her run. And all of a sudden he's like, oh my goodness. Like, the gates open. I think she's going to go for the road and he ends up having to do the full man sprint all the way down the hill to get his daughter. I mean, it was funny and she, she's adorable. She wanted to see the cows. So I, um, I got the tractor going, put on a round bale. It's the easiest way to see the cows. Cause once the tractor goes and the round bales on the tractor, all you have to do is start the tractor up. It's like calling. You might as well just like call dinner. And they're over on the other side of the 20 acres, and pretty soon, like, they hear the tractor going, and here they come. I have 13 of my 23 of of the cows right now are on the property. The other group are in another pasture grazing. So 13 of them, mama cows and their little babies or their little calves are coming up. Some of them not so little now. And she wants to see the cows. So they're kind of up on the area where the feeding is going to happen. The cows all know where they get fed. And so she's standing there very patiently with her dad. And uh, I got the round bale and brought it up there on the hill. We cut the, cut the wrap off of it and flipped it on its side and then rolled it down the hill, which makes it a lot easier for them to feed and we do a lot less waste because when you put it in one spot, they tend to make a lot of bedding out of it, which is a waste of hay. But this was, it was just amazing to watch on so many levels. One is these parents are wonderful in that they do not expose their children to TV or any of the garbage that's out here. So these kids are alive like God would want them to be. They're awake. They're excited. Life in this place, in their world, is all exciting. And she's curious about everything and fearless as well. And that's, so these cows are kind of big, you know, like 900 pounds big and she's running around and I'm watching the, I'm watching the mother cows and it's like they'll be eating and all of a sudden they just kind of turn their head and they're completely focused on her and you can almost see like, what in the heck is that little thing? She's only about three feet high and just a ball of energy running around and so you got. Mama cow's looking at him like, "What in the heck is that?" I know what a calf is, but I don't know what a little human is. That was her first exposure to little humans, I think. And so she's with her dad, and she's like, "Dad, I want to talk. I want to. I want to touch the cows. I want to touch the cows." So we talked a little bit, and I said, "Just give them a chance to settle into their feeding. They'll be all right." And I went over and talked to him a little bit, and you, you get favored status with the cows when you're the feeder because they know they they know the source of hay and where it comes from. So they're over there. So pretty soon he puts her on his shoulders and he kind of goes down slowly. And in the meantime, she's run down to try to see the little calves and the little calves all kind of turn to her. And they're like, oh, look, another little person like we are. And then they started to see this little person, like, run at them. And then they're like, whoa, no way do I want anything to do with this. And so she literally scares off four calves that all go running around and hiding behind their mom. And I'm laughing because they're about 10 times her weight, easy. And you've got the little girl that is literally like a ball of energy. And the calves who I was watching just before, like, jumping around in the field and chasing their tails and chasing each other around, all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, this is a, this is an explosive two, two footed person that's coming at me. I don't know what to expect. And they literally, like I say, one of these, some of these calves are probably 200 pounds and they're running behind their mom hiding. And I'm just like, no, oh, this is crazy. But this is like watching a family dynamic, right? So she, she comes in, comes up with her dad and he takes her on his shoulders, and so he walks over carefully and quietly, and lets as mama cows are eating, and I'd already gone over and petted them and just touched them on their nose, and they're good. They're real docile. We, we have a good, good herd up there. Um, the one crazy cow that literally got a little crazy, she did. She charged the guy that helps me with the cattle. He tried to, and I mentioned this before, she tried to run him down. And then after she tried to literally run him down on his ATV, which is a little aggressive, like super aggressive. She then bolted across and broke through the new fence we put in. So she's now sitting in our freezer and actually in his and my freezer, we've got about 150 pounds each of hamburger out of her plus a bunch of steak. So she's and she tastes really good, too, by the way. She's awesome. So as a as a sample of what's to come, um, it's really good. Like, all I can say, like, man, I can hardly wait till fall because I've got eight steers we're going to chop up. So, like, oh, good. And if you're, if you're a member of PETA, I want to emphasize that. I'm looking forward to eating the flesh. And when the way I eat it, it still drips with blood. So, I hope you enjoy it, PETA. But anyway, back to my story. So, here we have this little girl. And she's so excited. And there's no concept of size None whatsoever, and I'm really just kind of admiring this because, you know, I'm out there. I'm I'm being a little cautious because I don't want to see anything happen. But the cows sense that they they sense, and I'm watching them because they're sensing the innocence and there's no there's no mal intent. Keep in mind that cows are really interesting if you've ever watched them because they'll when they have a newborn, they're very protective. They come across as kind of loafing big animals that don't move real fast. You do not want to be a coyote. You do not want to be like a wolf. You don't want to be a cougar. You don't want to be a bear that tries to come up between the mother cow and her calf. They will literally stomp the hell out of you. And I've seen them stomp coyotes and the coyotes don't come back. And the coyotes are aggressive because they'll nip at the feet. But they will literally, and it's just, you got to be aware. So the, anyway, we're, we're down there with the cows and I'm watching, I'm being very attentive with her. And so the dad comes up and carefully reaches out and, and touches the mother cow and she's good with it. And then he picks her up and he kind of extends her out like, like an extension pole and she reaches out. And for the first time she's touched the cow in her life. And she's just excited. The cow's like, no big deal. But see, this is, when you see that and you realize how precious that moment is, you're starting, you really just get a a whiplash as to what we're doing all this for. Why are we walking so diligently in this fight? What is it that we're trying to do every day? And you're reminded as well of the vigilance. And as I say that moment, why I told that story about the protectiveness of the, of the mother cows, the question that hit me is, why are we not that aggressive with the enemy that's trying to destroy our children? Animals get it. They understand that there's a threat. They understand that there's constantly predators. But we somehow... Don't want to believe that we don't want to believe that or we want to believe somehow that we're so more sophisticated that we can screw up our kids with gender alterations so we can expose them to advertising. We don't take care to protect and nurture the children. You know, in the resistance chicks interview last week or whenever we had it week before. Leah said something that's really to the point that it's not enough, or maybe it was Michelle. Michelle or Leah were saying that it's not enough to take your kids out of school. You have to protect your children with who they interact with. You know, the life of a cow is not exactly complicated in the sense of a herd because they kind of hang out with each other. They're all the same breed. They all have the same objective. They're going to give birth. If you're, if you're a mama cow, you're going to have... You're gonna get pregnant if the bull's around. That's the bull's job is, and it's all he cares about is he wants to eat and he wants to have sex. And the the mama cow wants to get pregnant and have have babies and eat and nurture the babies and eat. And at some point or another, some of them get turned into meat and some of them get put out to pasture until whatever, so that they breed. I mean, that's it's a very simple life, but it's also very pure in the sense that. All the roles are understood. How did we get so screwed up? That's really kind of a simple question that I was, as I was looking at this today. And then when I'm seeing the power of innocence, the beauty of expressing, of seeing the world through the eyes of a child, and I'm like, man, have we ever drifted? Have we ever drifted? We're, we're coming to a place in this world where we have to start really digging in. This war is not getting any less on children. It's only getting worse. And what they're doing is as they keep pushing the bar, they're getting worse at it. They're getting more vicious. They're trying to scar children mentally and physically so that they will never be recovered. That's on us. That's not on God to come down and fix it. That's on us. And for anybody out there that's like just praying, going, okay, Lord, tell us us what we need to do or help save us. Nope, because as far as I'm concerned, we're going to be held accountable. God gave us dominion, and we better start acting like it. And when you watch a child have such unbelievable experience today, the this, this second part of that is she got to sit on my lap as I drove the tractor back. And the pictures are precious. I took a selfie as the windshield wipers started on the tractor because it was raining a bit. And she's just got this like awestruck look on her face. Like, what is that? It's so precious. And it's so precious to just seeing her sit on. And this is like a little human, right? I'm not a small guy. So you have like a little three-foot human sitting on my lap as we're driving the tractor. And she's so enthralled with what she's seeing. Everything around her is exciting. It's a new discovery. That's the way life should be. Now, unfortunately, we're caught in the midst of this war of mucking out everything. We always, we're always trying to muck out truth. We're trying to muck out the deception. We're trying to find our way through this. And in the process of us trying to come to grips with simple things like, how about if you walk with Jesus. How about if you build an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus? How about if you build an intimate and personal living breathing relationship with Father God and then we get on to all these stupid debates about like no, that's not supposed to be that way or I don't believe in the in the in the in the way of a supernatural God or whatever else you want to say. And then you have the other people going I don't believe in God. I do believe in God. How about if you just take time and I say this collectively to humanity, no one in, pers- no one in particular, how about us if humanity, we just shut up and watch a child and just literally observe the perfection of creation that God has given and see how beautiful they see this world and start acting like the protectors and the nurturers that God intended us to be. That's what struck me today. Because I watched a young child that is there because her parents are 100% focused on, them, on her and, and her brother. They're there together, parenting together. And when they're there, everything else doesn't matter. And I just, there's some, we get so busy. We go like, okay, I got to touch this space. I got to talk to you about this. And they're like, nope, my children are the most important thing, as it should be. But what's happened to us? What's happened to us? We, we've been pulled away with all this nonsense and noise. And I want to have my child be more educated than somebody else. I want them to go to this university. I want them to have this talent and that talent. And I want them to be perfect. And, and where is all that coming from? It's coming from our own egos. And in the process, we're not paying attention to the things that are really destroying the child. Because we do all this stuff and then we're like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to the kid in front of the TV. Oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to give the kid an iPad. And right at that moment, the devil makes his entry. We have a huge responsibility to the children of this world. And in watching the beauty and perfection of innocence today, and balancing that as well, with what I saw before with the cattle. And it was beautiful to watch because it was four calves just happy, playing, jumping, literally jumping around the field, chasing each other. It was beautiful. And it was a very, you know, you watch the way that you know, the mama cows start migrating somewhere else and they're following along. They're being obedient, but they're doing their normal thing. They're just, bumping around, and again, I realize that this is just, that's a pretty simple life. But there's no question in your mind that if you threatened those cattle, you'd have a whole bunch of mama cows coming at you, because I've seen it. And yet, when we see a child, what strikes me most in my heart is who's protecting it. Because I don't believe that we have an attitude, of a predatorial attitude to protect children much anymore. I think it's been dumbed down and cut out of us. And we just passively walk by. We see, if we see abuse, we're like, oh, that's a parent's thing. I can't say anything. I watched a woman, I'm trying to think where I was. I was at the, actually I was at the store the other day getting something. And all her little boy did was pick up something out of the cart to bring it over to have the clerk, cashier scan it. And the cashier had just told the mother, don't worry about leave it in the cart. And the mother had a complete flipping meltdown. It's like, don't, no, 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 put it back, put it back, put it back, put it back, put it back. All the kid wanted to do was help. And I was vocal about it. I'm like, knock it off. He's trying to be a child. Let him be. I don't care if it pissed her off. We aren't doing our job of being parenting as a community. And we're not doing our job of protecting children. The preciousness of the little ones. You know, today, when seeing the little ones, seeing the excitement in the house watching, (laughs) she is a ball of energy. She's a firstborn, has firstborn energy. I can relate, I was firstborn, firstborn energy. You are dynamo, you are going all the time, no hesitation, you jump off a counter before you think about consequences. That's just the way you are, the way I've always been. And she's running around checking every room, sitting in every chair, climbing on everything. I'm just loving it. And my comment was what a great thing to have at the house today. We haven't had this type of energy and it needs it. I had the placemat set out on the, on the table for them. And it took her about 30 seconds to climb up on the table and find the napkins and start running around with them. And I'm just laughing. It's like, this is a child excited about everything, checking out the rooms We were doing the walkthrough. I was showing them where the laundry room was so they can use it. And, of course, I got my approval from her. She goes, nice laundry room. This is a a three-year-old. I'm like, okay, well, thanks. I'm glad you approve. This is awesome, right? And this is just the beauty. And it's this precious, precious innocence that we have to nurture. People that homeschool their kids understand maybe sometimes too much because they're going to be like oh my goodness gracious on another day but we can't ever lose focus on how important and how precious our time is not only in nurturing their unlimited potential but in protecting that vigilantly this world is so damn evil we know it we don't need to bring it to them We need to defeat it so they have a great future ahead of them. There's time enough in their lives to understand how lousy this world is or hopefully we can say was. Because the future is going to be based on them. Their ability to be geniuses, their ability to be innovative geniuses, their ability to look past these problems. But this system wants anything but that. From the shots to the programming to the gender confusion, everything it's doing right now, everything you look at, forget adults, forget about the threat on yourself or your job, forget about the pressure you're getting from your communities about taking a vax, not taking a vax, whatever whatever else you're dealing with, whether you're still called a conspiracy theorist because you're believing in the election fraud, I don't care, whatever it is. Everything waters down to a focus on trying to destroy the children. That's what, if you water it all down, and I've said this so long now, wait till you peel back that onion, you get deep enough in it, you're going to see the root. And the root of everything from your 401k to your job, to the education system, to the legal system, to the government, to the lies and the propaganda, the, the all the advertising Everything comes down to one singular root. The control and exploitation of the children. Everything. It's that dark. And we're starting to get glimpses of it. And so there's no greater fight than to protect them. That's what I know. And that's what I've witnessed so much in my life. And that's, again, just a reminder today of the preciousness of that innocence, how beautiful it is and how quickly it can be dashed. And I just kept hearing the words of Jesus. Whoever harms the little ones or even guides them to have bad thoughts would be better off for them to have a millstone and cast into the sea than to face Father God. We have to have that focus in our life. This war can mean a thousand things to you. This fight, you can have whatever perspective you want on whether you want to run with Trump, not run with Trump. If you want to run with, with Q, not run with Q. I really don't care. What I do care is where we sit with children, and that is an undisputable, unarguable point. Protect the children, period, end. And everything else is just noise. So we're going to cut away all these layers of all the news and things we try trying to keep, away, keep abreast of, which helps keep us ahead of the curve on many things. But if we're really going to water it all down and say, okay, what's the one thing? What's the one thing that you have to focus on that will win this war or ensure the future of humanity? It's the children, period. And that's where we need to have the vigilance, the circling of the wagons, the swords of steel, and the swords of the spirit. It all needs to sit right there as an impossible line for the enemy to cross to ensure that these children are absolutely, under all circumstances, protected. This. We've never seen the war this extreme. It's always been here, but never Have we seen it this open, this blatant as an attack on children? Which tells me on another level that things aren't going as planned. They're probably accelerating things to try to destroy a future generation. But all of this is about them trying to destroy stuff at a high speed. They're accelerating everything and in particular the war on kids. So we better take that seriously vigilance we are the protectors we are the nurturers we are the the teachers we are the ones that raise up this generation as parents and as a collective of god's children that has to get through to us somewhere and it has to become real and visceral let's pray father just so want to thank you today for a really beautiful day and a day to reflect on the importance of the little ones. And This day has just given yet another perspective on the beauty of what your creation is, the power of the innocent mind, the glory of it, just the, the excitement of life that they bring, the spark, how everything is a curiosity and everything is something to explore. And as adults, we just, we become numb so often. We just get buried down in the, in the trials and the drudgery of the day, especially in a time like this, Father, when so much is being put upon us or we're accepting it to be put upon us, the drudgery of news and all the things that are being done to intentionally wage war on children. We have the power to change. We have the power to defy, to protect, to stand up and say no. And hopefully, Father, just in these moments, we will see the spark that will come to people through the understanding of how precious children are and how much this war is focused on their destruction. So tonight we pray just that that will be the awakening in people's hearts, to quit being asleep, to quit being complacent, to quit turning the blind eye, instead to be bold, to be mighty to be mighty in the kingdom, to stand up and do as Jesus reminded us, to protect the innocent ones, the little ones. It's your gift to us. And honestly, Father, we haven't done well. As a collective nation, we've done poorly, if not horridly. It has to end. So, Father, I just pray tonight, as I hope others will join in this prayer that we will see the mighty men and mighty women of God finally stand, to stand boldly to to protect and defend these, these little ones, to help them to ensure that they will rise up and be great men and women of God in their own time. And in this fight, let us be bold enough not only to stand too, but to confront this enemy, to pursue it and to subdue it. Guide us with those mighty hands, Father. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Nothing more precious than the little ones. Jesus told us that. We have to start breathing it and living it. Look, Patriots, we're in a difficult time right now. Lots of stresses on families, lots of stresses on jobs, financial things. Relationships being built stress to the limit whether it's because of distance or because of stresses in the news we've seen testimonials and, and coming together even on our chat board of helping one another in those areas But those are adult level problems that are very real children don't understand the problems let alone have a support network to get through them adults do or can have but children need advocates. They need protectors. And if that child doesn't have a protector by blood, it needs a protector under the banner of Christ. Our role is huge here. It's not going to get any easier. Only it's going to get greater. And as we see the continued destruction of this Acts, it's not going to stop. We have to continue to do everything we can to protect the little ones. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us, He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, have a very blessed evening. I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
3: Racing mountains, I can't